This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Today, we are in week two of a new message series uh, that we started last Sunday morning called What's in Your Head? And so we're exploring how God has a plan to transform our lives, and that begins by transforming our minds through the work of Christ and then renewing our minds every day through the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. And so last week, we started off with our foundational verse for this passage, or for this series. It's Romans chapter 12, verse 2 where the Apostle Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now when your your mind is transformed, what Paul tells us is then your experience is every single day, every single moment. We talked last week, you have 6,000 unique thoughts a day, and in each one of those spaces, the Spirit comes and gives you the ability to test and approve the ones that lead you into God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. And our our thought kind of guiding us through the, the next couple weeks is that our life is constantly moving in the direction of our most consistent thoughts. And so if you're thinking things over and over and over again, eventually you're going to start living those experiences. So what we want to do as followers of Christ, it's not the power of positive thinking. It's not write down 10 great affirmations of I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. It's not that at all, but it is a I know who I am in Christ. I know the work of the Holy Spirit in me, and so I'm going to defeat every lie the enemy throws at me through the presence of Jesus in my mind. And so, so what I want us to think about today is, is we're going to kind of think of the way the Spirit renews our minds, but we're going to use this idea of a soundtrack to guide us through. So we all have soundtracks uh, that, that we're familiar with. If you're younger, you don't have soundtracks, you have playlists, right? But it's the same thing, um, and, and you can think, like, in my life, there are certain soundtracks. Like, there's, there are study soundtracks that I use. Or when I'm preparing for a sermon or some other teaching, I've got playlists that I go through, and they're familiar worship music, because I love the, the truth of who God is and what he's done, uh, kind of flowing in my heart and mind as I'm studying that and as I'm writing those things. I've got road trip soundtracks. For me, now, now again, this is probably where your upbringing influences a little more. My road trip soundtrack is all upbeat country, um, and like, like real country, right? Like 90s early 2000s. It's heavy on the Toby Keith, Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks, Uh, but it's only upbeat because I have no time to be sad or depressed when I'm driving. So I don't want to hear the songs about your wife leaving you, your dog dying, any of that. Like it's only, you know, maybe some of the revenge songs. Those are okay. Uh, You know, how do you like me now? Those kind of things, Uh, that, that stuff, you know what I mean? And then, then uh, like, I've got, I've got some workout playlists, some workout soundtracks, uh, which for me are podcasts. And somebody told me last week that's weird. I thought everyone lifted weights to preaching and history podcasts. <laughs> it turns out they don't. Uh, like, I was telling a buddy, and he's like, really? So it's just people talking. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. You can throw in some NBA, some NFL podcasts. It's It's beautiful. Um, you know, but, but if it's ever, if it's a, a, a serious workout, right, where, where you really, some stuff's got to get done, um, then because I've been a Christian a long time and because I, I grew up in a church where uh, if you listen to secular music, you know, you were basically in hell already. Um, but, but so, so I, I learned early on, like there was a playlist in my high school weight room that I loved because it was loud, but I, I could never actually sing along with because it was crass. Uh, and so when, when uh, I started lifting a little bit more as a youth pastor, I found this song by a Thousand Foot Crush called 
rock fist, and it is absolute nonsense. But if it's a max out day, that's what's getting blasted in my ears, right? It's getting turned all the way up because I feel like I'm in high school, but Jesus also still loves me. So, so it's just, we're navigating these, and, and you have yours as well. If we had time, maybe in your home groups tonight, you can talk about what are some of the soundtracks of your life. Like some of you have got, you've got your hype up music, right, that, that you'll play, you won't tell anyone about, but before a big project, before a big event, you're listening to that. Maybe you've got your calm down music of, hey, at the end of a stressful day, I've got it, this is my, some of you might have a sleep playlist that when you're going to bed at night, you play. Some of you married people, you've got a, we got a babysitter and it's date night playlist, and you kind of play that. Uh, some of you, maybe if you're single, you've got breakup playlist, um, and it's all just Taylor Swift, right, just over and over again. Uh, but, but we all have these, we have these soundtracks that we listen to, and whether you're a music person or not, you know there are certain songs that trigger certain thoughts. You can place yourself, like if I hear Garth Brooks' Rodeo, I immediately place myself back in my third grade classroom in Arc City, Kansas, where I heard that song for the very first time and thought, this man's a genius, and I'm going to ride bulls for a living. Right? And, and so you, you just have that. Like Music works in this way. And so what I, what I want us to consider this morning, though, is you don't just have songs you like to listen to, but you actually have soundtracks of thought that guide all of your life. You have recurring thought patterns that come again and again and again and again. John Acuff wrote a, a book on this idea, and in it he says, your thoughts are the internal soundtracks you listen to even more than your favorite songs. If you listen to any thought long enough, it becomes a part of your personal playlist. We don't think we can change them, so we tend to leave our soundtracks up to chance. Unfortunately, when you don't create, curate, and choose what soundtracks you'll listen to, the music doesn't stop. You just hear a bunch of songs you don't like. And so what I want us to think about this morning, again, it's not the power of positive thinking. It's the power of a transformed mind being renewed by the work of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to carry this idea of soundtracks all the way through. So, so what I want you to think about just for a moment is your, your circumstances can trigger your soundtracks. So there are certain things, when they happen to you, it triggers certain patterns of thought that you've embraced and you've adopted. Maybe they've been part of it your whole life. And, and often, these are destructive soundtracks that lead you away from the work of Christ in your life and the presence of the Holy Spirit in that moment. So when, when things don't go well for you, something goes wrong at work, at home, at school, you immediately start this soundtrack of, nothing ever goes my way. When somebody wrongs you, you start the soundtracks of everybody's out to get me. This is why I can't trust anybody. When there's a financial need that the soundtrack kicks up of I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to make enough money. This is why I can't be generous. This is why I have to look out for myself. When you're, when you're rejected in a friendship, when you don't get the promotion at work, when you lose out on the scholarship, when somebody breaks up with you, you start to adopt these old soundtracks of, I'm always going to be alone, I'm never going to get what I want, nothing ever works out for me. And so what happens is we get into these certain moments in life and it triggers these old patterns of thought and then the enemy comes and he begins to ingrain those in our mind. And they just play on a loop over and over and over again. And if we don't take some decisive action to change the soundtrack of our mind, what we're going to find is our circumstances triggered the soundtrack, but now the soundtrack is creating new circumstances. And so because you were rejected and you chose to embrace the soundtrack of I'm alone and no one's ever going to love me, you're going to start embracing living and believing like you're alone and no one's ever going to love you. 
So you're going to think, well, I can just do what I want because I'm just going to get rejected anyways. I don't need to learn how to be selfless because it's only me who's out here. If you've adopted financial soundtracks of it's all about me and i got to spend what I have, enjoy it while I can because it's all going to depart, then you're going to start living that lifestyle. And the more you live that lifestyle, the more it reinforces that soundtrack. And we get stuck in this endless cycle where we believe the wrong things, so we do the wrong things, and then we believe the wrong things even more, and it's just an endless cycle of destruction. And so what we're going to look at this morning is some advice from the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8. Now, if you've ever read Romans chapter 8, you know it is one of the greatest chapters in all of Scripture for describing the new life we have in Christ, how the old is gone and the new has come. And so this morning, what we want to see is that when Jesus shows up, he brings us a brand new soundtrack. It's powerful, it's transformational, and he not only brings it to us, but he enables us to live with it by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. So we're going to work our way through some portions of Romans 8. I'd encourage you to read the whole chapter later this week, especially if you're in a spot where you're struggling with your heart or with your mind, with these recurring thoughts. Let Romans 8 kind of become your guide this week. But let's start in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, where the Apostle Paul tells us that we have a new soundtrack. He says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So the the first thing, now now I I understand, I think you do too, Uh, Paul was not a radio DJ, right? He he didn't uh, like curate playlists for Spotify or any of that. Like, he probably didn't really have a framework for soundtracks or any of these. Though he does talk to us about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, so maybe a little bit. Uh, but what Paul is telling us here in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, is that we have been given a new soundtrack. So it doesn't matter who you used to be. It doesn't matter what you used to do. It doesn't matter how you've always thought. It doesn't matter what you've done to other people or what has been done to you. What Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, is when you come to Christ, that old way of life is done, dead, and gone, and it no longer has any power over you. This is what he means when he says, there is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is any time the enemy comes at you with things that you have already confessed, repented, and been forgiven of. And says, hey, you know, yeah, you might, have, you might be trying this new life. You might be trying this new thing. But I know who you are. I know what you've done. And what Paul tells us is in those moments, we are to reject that because not only have we been set free from it, but it is now dead to us. Now, there's, there's a little nuance I think that's worth our attention this morning. Paul says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He does not say there is now no conviction for those who are in Christ Jesus. I want, you should want to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Right? We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. One of the primary jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin righteousness and judgment and to reveal Jesus to us. So we're going to welcome the the little kind of thought you have in your mind or your heart that you feel in your guts at times of this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, the, The answer to that is, well, there's no condemnation, so I guess I'll do what I want. The answer to that is the Lord is leading me, he's guiding me, he's directing me, he's convicting me. So we're going to embrace his conviction, but his conviction always leads us to repentance. So as you're trying to adopt a new soundtrack, it's not a soundtrack where Jesus is just telling you all the time, hey, you're awesome, you're great, and you never have to worry about anything ever again. 
It's a soundtrack where he sends the Spirit to convict you of sin, but once that sin is confessed and forgiven, it no longer has any power over you. It, 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 it's the difference of being able to understand, I want to be convicted over sin, but I'm not going to be condemned over forgiven sin, and I'm not even going to be condemned over experiencing temptation. But when I'm tempted, I'm going to remember Jesus is going to set me free. And when the enemy brings up who I used to be, I'm going to remember that's not who I am anymore. Paul is, is trying to direct us to this point of if you're going to embrace a new soundtrack, it is going to involve a confrontation with your old, dead way of living. And so when the enemy comes and attacks you in your mind, when circumstances trigger these old, you're selfish, you'll always do this, you always do that, you always behave in this way, it never goes right for you, your kids are this way because you're a terrible parent, when he starts triggering all of these destructive and negative thoughts, our response is not to run away and hide from them, it is to stand and face them head on and to declare what Paul tells us, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, I have been set free from sin and death and I I have a new mind I have a new way of living so again it doesn't matter like you and and it's not even sometimes it's not even things we thought it's things that have been said to us maybe you've been told your whole life you're lazy and you're never going to amount to anything maybe you've been told you're a failure maybe you've been told you're a mistake maybe people have you know there's that school of thought when you train a dog uh, kind of housebreak a dog you, you rub its nose in its mess and for some of us, maybe we grew up in homes or we work in places where that was the model that was adopted of the best way to get you to stop screwing up is to remind you of what a screw-up you are all the time. And if this is how you've been raised, then, then these things have, have begun to seep not just into your mind, but into your soul. And you've started to believe the lies that I will always screw up. I will always be negative. I will always be lazy. I will never amount to anything. I do deserve everything that happens to me. And what Paul is trying to come and proclaim to you is that the power of Christ in you creates new life. And we're going to see as we work through it also creates a new identity. But the, the first thing Paul tells us is you have a new soundtrack. And then he tells us we also have a new soundtrack governor. So I, I love this phrasing here in verse 6. He says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Now when you, um, how many of you, if you go on a road trip, like a, it's a long road trip, you're the road trip DJ. Anybody? You control the Right, you, so, so now currently, or, or used to be, at least when I was growing up, still currently in our car, the road trip DJ is, is the person who just controls the radio station. Uh, but I know some of you, you're, you, like music's a much bigger part of your life than is mine. And so if, if you're traveling, you're going to set aside some time before you go. In the same way that some people pack suitcases, you're preparing playlists. And so if you're going to Colorado, like you've got the, okay, this is our playlist from Tulsa to Gaiman, right? <laughs> And it's just, it's going to be heavy Willie Nelson, because that's, that's just fitting. Now, once we hit the panhandle, we've got a switch, and then you've got another playlist that's going to get you from Guyman through western Colorado, and then you're going to hit I-25, when you hit I-25 and go north, you're going to start to see the mountains, and so you've got a playlist for when the mountains first come into view, and then you're going to take a left on I-70 when you get to Denver, and you're going to really get in the mountains. Now you've got a new playlist for when you're in the mountains, then you've got a, another playlist for when you're staying, and, and you are, like... The, the difference is when I'm the DJ in my car, it's just, oh, that radio station's fading. Let's see if we can find another one. Right? But for you, you've put a lot of thought. you put a lot of energy. You are, you are governing your playlist. 
right? I'm just reacting to whatever happens to come on at the moment, but you have made a dedication, not just that you're not going to listen to songs you don't like, but you're only going to listen to songs that you do like. And what Paul is telling us here in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, is that the Holy Spirit comes to govern your mind. So what that means is you don't necessarily need to ask the Holy Spirit for help with your thoughts. You need to submit to his authority in your thoughts. He's not just the one of like, hey, Holy Spirit, will you highlight when this station's coming out and I need to find a new one? He's the one saying, you know what, we're not even listening to any of this old junk anymore. I don't care what your mama told you. I don't care what society has said about you. I don't care what identities have been placed on you. Those are all being rejected, and now your mind is going to be governed by the Holy Spirit. And as the governor of your mind, it means he has a plan, and he is implementing that plan. He is ruling. He is directing. He is leading. He is guiding, not only to resist the wrong things, but to embrace all of the right things. It's a, a, a totally different picture. Now, now, he doesn't come in like a dictator and just kind of enforces these things. He does them in participation with us. He invites us into the process, but we do need to understand the power of a transformed mind is directly related to the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Again, if, if we want to pull the Holy Spirit out of this process, then we can just settle on, like, what are five effective ways to be a more positive person? But we're not just trying to be more positive. We're trying to live with a mind that's being renewed every moment of every day to test and approve God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. And Paul tells us the only way you're going to do that is through the presence of the Holy Spirit in your mind. And so, so for some of us, our prayer this week is, Holy Spirit, will you come and govern in my mind will you set up your authority will you set up the boundaries of what is allowed and what is not allowed will, will you begin to legislate the spirit of god the work of god in my mind will you begin to show me these destructive cycles and thought patterns that i'm tempted to go down and will you block them off and redirect me onto the right path see the holy spirit has a plan and his plan for your mind is purposeful and it leads to life I love what Paul tells us, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And it, I mean, that's what we all want in our experience. We want life and we want peace. And what he's telling us is it begins in your mind. The Holy Spirit comes and regardless of your circumstances, you have life and peace. It's what Paul describes in one of his other letters as the peace that passes understanding. The peace that is beyond our circumstances. The ability to be content in any and every situation is the mind that's governed by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit governs your mind, he takes you to his destination. And his destination, regardless of your circumstances, is always life and peace. Then Paul begins to tell us this new, this new soundtrack is incredibly powerful. He tells us in verse 11, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Now, you know, if, if you get a song stuck in your head, it's, it's hard to get that song out, right? And, and so you want to have good songs stuck in your head. Um, anybody ever had a maybe kind of sketchy, shady song stuck in your head and you caught yourself singing it out loud in front of someone? And they were kind of like, oh, Really? Like that's what, and, and, and you, don't, you don't really even realize it. It's just 
coming out of your mouth. Well, sometimes we, we have some thought patterns that have been ingrained in us, and they come out of our mouths, and they show themselves in our actions, and it's not necessarily that we're even willfully choosing this path of destruction or, or this path of, of negativity. It's just what we've always done. Well, I, I've just always thought this way about these situations. I've just always said these things when this happens to me. I just always, I've always thought that about that group of people or that part of the world. I've always thought that about people who have more than me or people who have less than me, and they just start to come out of our mouth, and they're really ingrained, and they're really powerful. And so when we begin this process of, I want my mind to be transformed, sometimes we realize this is going to be a difficult process. Right? If I've been selfish for 40 years, I am transformed in an instant by Jesus Christ, and yet I have 40 years of selfishness wired into my brain. And so it might be a process of learning to transform, learning to be different, learning to be set free. And some of us, we get very discouraged in that process because we think, I, I've just done it for so long, I'm, I'm never going to have any hope of doing it differently. And I love Jesus, but, but maybe I'm just destined to, to carry this addiction until the day I die. I love Jesus, but maybe this fear and worry is always going to be part of who I am. I love Jesus, but my default emotion might just continue to be anger for as long as people continue to be annoying. I just don't know if there's a different way to do it. And so I, I love what Paul is telling us here because it's almost like he can hear objections of, hey, I love Jesus, I want to follow him, but you don't know the stuff that's going on in my life. And so, so I love Paul's phrasing here. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead Right, if, if you, and, and what we learned a couple weeks ago when we talked about the Holy Spirit is when you say yes to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. And then there's a, a second work where the Holy Spirit fills you with his power and he fills you with his strength. And, and so what Paul is telling us is you might think Jesus came just to save my soul and then all of this other nonsense is going to have to wait until a final resurrection to be redeemed. But what Paul is telling us is if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. If the spirit of Jesus is alive in me, he's not going to coexist with the death he's already defeated. He's not coming to say like, hey, just give me the religious part of your mind and I'm going to make you a slightly better version of yourself. He's saying, hey, I'm coming and I'm coming to, to just destroy everything that's in opposition to my kingdom. Right? It, it, it keep reading, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit which lives in you. So, so what do you think in those moments where you're thinking, I don't know if I'm ever going to change this pattern of thought. I don't know ever, if I'm ever going to escape these destructive cycles. In that moment, you begin to let the Holy Spirit play this song in your mind that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in me. And one day I will die and he will give life to my mortal body and I will experience resurrection as he experienced resurrection. And if that's the spirit that's in me right now, then I'm pretty sure it can hang, handle my anger. I'm pretty sure it can handle my jealousy. I'm pretty sure it can handle my insecurity. My fear is no match for it. The resurrection power of Jesus lives in you, so it really doesn't matter what your mama called you your whole life because he's stronger, he's greater, and he brings this deep and abiding transformation. See, one of the, one of the greatest tricks of the enemy when you start to really engage in the process of I'm going to renew my mind is to tell you that's great, but it's not going to work in this one space. 
That's great, but you can't do it on your own over here. That's great, but you'll never know real victory. And what Paul is trying to help us understand is, hey, when you've been set free by the finished work of Jesus Christ and you live with the ongoing presence and power of the Holy Spirit, then Jesus is constantly engaged in moving you from old dead ways of living into new experiences of life. And he doesn't do it through your discipline. And he doesn't do it through you reading the right book. And he doesn't do it through you accomplishing a checklist. He does it through the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And so what that means for you and I this morning, now now it might work out, we'll talk about it next week, of how do we actually adopt this new way. And we'll see, we do it through community, we do it through scripture, we do it through music, we do it through prayer, we do it through all of these spaces. But what I want you to understand this morning is those are tools that God uses to help you realize the power that already resides in you. If you follow Jesus, you are full of his Holy Spirit, and this morning he has equipped you with everything you need to live with a transformed mind. You're not waiting for the right counselor to come along, though God may choose to use them. You're not waiting for the right person to give you a word of prophecy or knowledge, though God may choose to use them. Right now, as you are, as a son, the daughter of God, you have received the spirit of Christ that raised him from the dead, and there is nothing in your life that can stand in opposition to that. Every sin bows to Jesus. Every element of death has been defeated by him. What Paul's telling us is the story of Christ and his success and victory over the grave is always stronger than your stories of death, weakness, and failure. And so when I come and the enemy says, yeah, but Chris, you always screw up. You always lose your temper. You always stick your foot in your mouth. You're always insecure. In those spaces, I can say, you might be right, but the spirit of Christ lives in me. And because of him, I have life and I have victory and I have power. And who I was is not who I am and not who I will be. And so I'm not going to spiral down these, yeah, you're right, I do, I, you know, since I was a little kid. Somebody asked me this morning, uh, just kind of randomly, did your mom, did your parents ever put you in, in uh, martial arts when you were a kid? And uh, I said, no, I, I desperately wanted to, because a karate kid came out when I was little. And I desperately wanted to, to be in martial arts, and I remember begging my mom for a couple years of, please, please sign me up for karate. And her answer to me every time was, I'm not putting you in karate because you're just going to get in fights with people. And she was 100% right. I mean, that was actually the only reason I wanted to be in karate. Like, I, there were some dudes at school that I, I wasn't satisfied. Like, I would tackle them on the playground, but I wanted to, like, roundhouse kick their face on the playground. And so she knew it, and she understood it. And, and still, there's this part. So, so all through my life, I've told you before, my, my temper has been a constant companion in a place where the Holy Spirit is constantly working. And so even now, there are moments where my temper can flare. And in that space, the enemy immediately triggers those old soundtracks of this is who you are. You cannot control your temper. You're always looking for a way. You're always looking for a fight. You're always looking for an argument. You're always, and in that space, I can believe that and I can follow it and it's gonna continue to create more circumstances where my temper is lost and I'm repenting. Or I can say, you know what, that that might be true. That is who I naturally am and would be, but it's not who I am because the spirit of Christ lives in me. So it's not about how I grew up. It's not about how I messed up. It's about what Jesus has done for me and how I now stand in this power right now. 
And his power, Paul tells us, is always greater, no matter what you're fighting. So, so then our response to that is, well, if this is true, if I've been given this new soundtrack, and the Holy Spirit comes, and he's the one that's pressing play and pressing pause and, and skipping songs that don't need to be played, if he's doing all of that for me, and then he's telling me this is a powerful soundtrack, it really does have the ability to move you from death to life, then our response is, i got to play this. But I, I, I've got to listen to it. So Paul tells us in verse 12, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So there, there comes this moment where you have to understand great truth only achieves its fullest power when it's applied in your life. We can sit in here all morning if there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you and will bring life to your mortal bodies and say, yes, that's awesome. But if you walk out the doors in your own power, you're not going to experience it. It's, it's similar. So, so uh, Pastor Lauren and I, we, we work pretty, pretty closely on Sunday mornings in terms of I'll send her my message on Tuesday or Wednesday, and, and she'll kind of talk back to me about, okay, here's some of the songs that I'm thinking about. And, and often they're new songs that she's introducing to me that she feels like God wants to introduce to us. So when she does that, there's, there's kind of this process I go through. She'll send me a song, and usually before I listen to it, I read the lyrics. And so I'm, you know, I'm just looking at the lyrics, and I'm reading them to see, okay, this is scriptural. This is where that idea comes from. This is, you know, maybe it's not word-for-word scripture, but it's carrying these themes that we find in different places. Maybe it's just a fun, exuberant, joy-filled song, and, and those are okay for us, too, to sing, and, and that's pretty natural. So I'll read it, and then if I read it and think that's good, then I'll listen to it. And so she'll normally send a link, and I'll, I'll start listening to it, and, and, and it's, it's fun. And, and if you've been in this process, you know it's one thing to read lyrics. It's another thing to actually hear them with all the music and everything that's been done. And, and then Sunday mornings, I'll come in early while the band is running through all of their stuff, and, and I'll hear them playing it live for the first time. And there's a different experience between me listening to it in my car or through my headphones and actually listening to people I know playing it. And then there's, there's this extra level of Sunday morning comes, and at 9.15 or 10.45, we all come, and we stand together, and this song that I read, and then I heard, and then maybe I kind of half sang along with while they were practicing, now, because all of you are here, and you're also singing with your full voice, and I don't have to worry about, can they hear me, can she hear me, because I might be off pitch, or off key, or off tune, or all three. But then I can stand and I can begin to sing it. And there's an experience of truth and power and the presence of the Spirit when we're declaring the truth of who God is and what he's done in music together. So now what what Paul is trying to tell us, I, I think this helps us understand is, look, this is what Jesus has done. You've read the truth. There's no condemnation. You've read the truth that your your mind, your life is being redeemed. The same spirit of Christ now dwells in you. But now you need to understand you have an obligation. You have a, a responsibility to live this way. And for most of us, we think our, our, our natural obligation, our natural bent is towards sin. But what Paul says is no, when Christ comes, your obligation is now to the Spirit. Right? So, so listen, we have an obligation not to the flesh to live according to it, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if by the Spirit. So what's your obligation? Your obligation is not to, to fully implement the power of the Spirit in your life. Your obligation 
is to live every moment of every day by the Spirit. To walk, Paul tells us in another one of his letters, to walk in step with the Spirit. And so it means when, when I wake up in the morning, my obligation that day, no matter what may come at me, is to live by the Spirit. And when I live by the Spirit, he will help me put to death the misdeeds of the body, and I will live in every single moment. So, so just to, to put it very plainly, you've got to push play on this soundtrack God has given you. You've got to turn it up. You've got to listen to it over and over and over and over again. You've got to be able to, to walk in step, to listen to the Spirit's voice and know where he's leading and guiding, what he's calling and directing you to do. And, and even in that space, sometimes there's still an objection of, I want that life. I want my mind to be renewed. But you just don't know my situation. You don't know the home I grew up in. You don't know the home I live in right now. You don't know the, the negativity and evil that bombard my mind at school or at work. You don't, you don't know the, the depth of the addiction and its hold on my heart. And, and I hear you in all those spaces, and I can sympathize with you, but, but I would challenge you, encourage you, plead with you, do not believe the lie of the Holy Spirit that this, or the lie of the devil. Oh, man. That's not good. First, Kareem dressed up like the Holy Spirit, and then I said that. We might need to just, God, forgive us all. You know, we are sorry. But, but the enemy's going to come, and he's going to tell you it's not for you. It's not for you. That life is good for the person on your right, the person on your left. That, that idea of a transformed mind, it's, it's going to work for them because they're a little bit better than you. It's going to work for him because he's a little more disciplined than you are. It's going to work for her because she grew up with a mom who prayed for her and told her she loved her. It's going to work in their home, but not in your home. It's going to work for their family, but not for your family. And so I, I love the way Paul finishes this little portion we're looking at this morning. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, he says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. You may think your old soundtracks are too ingrained, too powerful. They've been part of your life too long. The addiction, the fear, the anger, the rage, the insecurity, the doubt, all of these things, they might have been handed down to you from your parents, your grandparents. You might be able to look in your life and see generational cycles of abuse and abandonment and neglect and divorce and greed and lust and selfishness and rage. And you think there's no hope for me from before I was born. I was wired. I was placed in this. My only hope is to try to manage it and make myself a slightly better version and give my kids just a little bit less than was given to me. But I want you to hear these words from Paul. The spirit you have received will never make you a slave to fear. And so in every part of your heart where you think, I can't, I won't, and God will never, that's never from the Holy Spirit from you. His only message to you is you have been adopted into sonship. You are the sons and the daughters of God. 
And so, yeah, your family might have done those things. Your family might have said those things. They might have allowed that to happen to you. You might be able to look for four or five generations and say, this is the destruction that comes. And you might feel like, before I was born, I was destined on this path. But what Paul is telling us is before any of that happened, you were destined to be the sons and the daughters of God. And the good news of the gospel is he doesn't save you halfway, he saves you all the way. So all the fear, all the death, all the addiction, all the shame, all the anger, all the divorce, all the destruction, everything that's been passed down and placed on you is now thrown off. And Paul says, we now cry out, Abba, Father. Not just God, our distant Father, but God, our up-close Father. God who knows our name and cares about our situations. God who is loving and gives good gifts to his children. God who intervenes and acts in every situation. And so in every space where your mind says, God doesn't see, he doesn't know, he doesn't care, you're reminded, no, 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 he does. Because I'm his son. Because I'm his daughter. And, and then I love, Paul tells us, and you're, you're not brought in as some like, Last second, adopted, oh, kind of come in. We got a side room for you. We'll give you some food. It'll be okay. This isn't a Cinderella adoption. And he's telling you, you come in and you are heirs. You are co-heirs with Christ. Everything Jesus has received from God, he shares with us through the Holy Spirit, which means you will be just as certain of your identity as the son or daughter of God as Jesus was of his. You will know I was created to be known, loved, and accepted by God. You will know he has a purpose and a plan for me in every single moment of every day. You will know there is now no condemnation for me. Jesus didn't struggle that, and I'm not going to struggle with it either. You'll remember what we looked at two weeks ago. Jesus says, everything I receive from the Father, I've given to the Spirit who now shares it with you. You are a full recipient of everything you need to live with a transformed mind and be renewed every single moment of every day. There is no weapon the enemy launches against you that can prosper. Everything has been, will be, and is being defeated by the power and presence of Jesus in you. This is what it means. This is who you are. So who are we to sit around and say, yeah, but not me. You don't know my daddy. You don't know my grandma. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. And my answer would be, I don't, but God does. And this is still his promise to you. You are the sons and the daughters of God. You're adopted not into servitude, but to sonship. You cry out, Abba, Father, God, who draws near? And he tells you, you are now co-heirs with Christ. So come receive your inheritance. Come receive the reward that Christ has won for you. And if you're still at a spot where you think, but I don't believe it. This morning, we're going to receive communion as a reminder to you that this happened before you did anything. I hope you grabbed communion elements on your way in. If not, you can get them at, at any of the tables by the doors. But if you'll grab those, the band's going to come back. They're going to lead us in a final song this morning. But if you'll bow your heads and, and close your eyes with me, Communion is a reminder to us that everything we need for life and godliness has already been provided for us in Jesus Christ. And so in just a moment, we're going to receive the cup and we're going to receive the bread as a reminder that this is a life Jesus is calling me into and it's a life he's already made provision for me to experience. And so, so my only request for you is if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, then, then you really have two options with communion. 
So if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, your first option is I want to surrender my life to Jesus and I want to participate in communion for the first time as a son or daughter of God. Your second option, if you're not just there yet, is just to kind of set that cup and that bread aside and we're going to receive it as a reminder of what Christ has done. And and if you need to talk, we'd love to talk with you more. There's no conversation we love more than what does it mean to follow Jesus. But if you've said yes to Jesus, or if you're about to, it's very simple. It's just a real quick, Jesus, will you forgive me? And will you bring me into your family? And just like that, there is now no condemnation for you. Just like that, you've been set free from the law of sin and death. Just like that, you've been welcomed in as a son and the daughter of God. So if you've never prayed that prayer, I'd encourage you just where you are right now, just pray that prayer. Jesus, forgive me and welcome me into your family. And then the rest of us, we're going to receive communion this morning as a reminder that Jesus has already defeated every attack in our mind and everything the enemy throws at us. Through his body and his blood, through his life, death, and resurrection, you have everything you need for life and godliness. And he's coming again this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit to remind us that his spirit is at work to lead us to life and peace. Pray as we receive communion this morning that it would remind us of what you have done and it would remind us of who you are. We receive the bread with me. And the cup. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.